Welcome to GP's Pangeo Perspectives, your guide to global growth, where we explore opportunities and ideas that come with global team building, business expansion, and compliance for companies everywhere. Hello, everyone. Pangeo is an idea inspired by the 300 million year old supercontinent, Pangea, when the Earth's landmasses were united as one. Today, the world is reuniting once again as businesses everywhere seek opportunities beyond borders and boundaries. So let's explore the future of business with voices from around the world. As we look for success, we all can share. Welcome to GP's Pangeo Perspectives, your guide to global growth. While remote work has allowed companies to access the most qualified professionals from anywhere in the world, it also presents unique challenges, one of which is payroll management. And the real question is this, with all the tools available today, how can companies reimagine the payroll function as a strategic opportunity that can add power to every part of their business? Today, we are joined by Sarah Duhit, Global SME and New Business Coach at SD Works, and Pete Tiliakos, HR and Payroll Analyst and Strategic Advisor. We're going to talk about how managing payroll for a global workforce requires specific considerations and strategies to ensure compliance with local regulations, how companies can adapt their payroll systems to accommodate the needs of their workforce, how they can prioritize payroll management to attract and retain top talent, and how they can use their business and human capital to achieve more. Pete, Sarah, it's great to have you both here today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, great to have you. So, Pete, as an HR and payroll futurist, You're in tune with the impact technology can have on the evolution of payroll. Do you think the recent changes to the world of work, such as the paradigm shift of flexible working, have shaped payroll differently to what it was a few years back? Yeah, absolutely. But first, let me just say thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of GP and certainly SD Works. We go way back with myself and my work and my research with both organizations. So it's a privilege to be here. So yeah, you know, it's interesting because payroll has always been important and it's been critical, but we've... We managed to somehow make it less than in the HR spectrum, and there's still a lot of work to be done in that regard. But I think what happened was, I think during the pandemic, things around payroll specific, or a lot of areas that it touched, which is really everything in HR, if you think about it, I think it was a big wake-up call. I think a lot of organizations, I think business continuity, for example, BCP plans, right, are vital to payroll. I think those were put to the absolute ultimate test. Organizations had workers dispersed, right, all over. They didn't know where they were, what they had, what they didn't have. So, workforce insights became incredibly vital at that time, right? You started to have employees going to places that maybe their employers didn't know, right? We saw a lot of folks jumping in RVs in America and tooling around the US in different states. And a lot of their employers had no clue they were in those states. So, I just think it created a lot of focus on payroll being an important part of both the employee experience, which we already knew. I tell firms all the time, you can have all the best HCM technology, strategy, talent, CEO, you can have the best of everything in the world. But if you don't pay somebody correctly, all bets are off and it really doesn't matter. It's sort of a Jenga house at that point. So I think in that way, what we already knew about payroll became very magnified during that time. And I think it's woken up a lot of organizations to the fact that they've got to make some changes and begin to modernize it, if not already in line with HR as well. Yeah, real catalyst for change. Sarah, anecdotally, is that something you also witnessed yourself over the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. So during the pandemic, a lot of people realized that working remotely was actually an option. I mean, before that, everyone was in the office five days a week, four days a week, if they were lucky. And now 
working remotely or working in a hybrid way even, both remotely and in the office, is really the way to go. It's really the future. And also with the war on talent going on, we see that a lot of our customers are no longer looking for talent in the same country where they are. They're just looking for the right fit wherever in the world they may be physically. So yeah, it's absolutely something that we see changing very rapidly these last few years. Yeah, it seems almost archaic now to think that you have to look for somebody within a 50-kilometer radius of your offices. Those days are gone. You're at a disadvantage if that's how you're going about it. You've got to think outside the box. And I think the way I would summarize some of what you were saying, Sarah, is you know, choice of where you work, choice of how you're paid, choice of the roles, choice of all of those things that can create a personal experience is all about flexibility. And to me, that's how you're going to win today is flexibility. You create an inflexible environment, you're going to attract employees. Absolutely. You lose if you're not flexible as an employer these days. So Pete, you've previously referred to the age of digitalization that we live in today as the golden age of payroll. I love it. Can you explain what you mean by that to our listeners? Yes. I came up, most people know this by now, I came up as a practitioner early in my career, later a consultant and now an analyst. I managed payroll for the Walt Disney Company for about three years. And so I learned firsthand exactly what this takes and how it can impact an organization. And I think what you're seeing now is with artificial intelligence, with cloud solutions, with APIs, mobile-first capabilities, you're really seeing payroll starting to move and quickly going to move away from its sort of very manual ticking and tying past to more of an automated world and now even more of an augmented world when you think about generative and machine learning. And I think what you're seeing is that the role of payroll is really starting to shift, right? Because the practitioner of the past was really limping along with poor investments, kind of cobbled together solutions. The experience wasn't great for employees. The experience wasn't great for practitioners. And now I think what you're seeing, this technology is really bringing about an entire change to the way payroll is processed, the way payroll is handled, but more importantly, the value that it can give back, the strategic value that it can give back. So I think what you're going to see is that for the practitioner, you're going to see a much more automated, augmented, insight surfacing capability that is good experience that's going to bring the capability for them to come back to their employers and bring that strategic value, help them execute on their plans and move the business forward. And for the employee, what I think you're going to see is a much more, as we've talked about, personalized experience, insightful nudges, helping them get to their goals and fundamentally shape it in a way that is similar to our consumer world and not have it be this manual thing anymore. I mean, it's a real exchange of value between the employee and the employer. And I think we all work best when we work for each other instead of working for ourselves. So Sarah, this sounds like the paradigm shift right here, right? With payroll moving from this pragmatic business function we've been talking about to a choiceful strength and differentiator for companies. Can you give us a before and after and tell us what companies have to gain by thinking this way? Yeah. So in the past, indeed, payroll was a very pragmatic process. I mean, paying people on time and correctly was the main focus and the main concern. Whereas now we're looking at payroll or the impact of payroll on employee happiness. Like we said earlier, if you're not flexible, you lose as an employer. And this translates into payroll as well. So we're looking at personalized payroll packages. Can you pay people different timings? Can you give them different employee benefits? How flexible are we as an employer? And it's just, it impacts the mindset that your payroll professionals will have to maintain as well in order to be able to follow along with that shift that's going on. So yeah, what they can win is, of course, like we said earlier, just winning the talent and getting them into your company while being flexible. Pete, you've also written in the past that paying, this is kind of a good segue from what we've been saying, 
that payroll teams must shift away from that back office cost center employees and processors role to a more of an analytic strategic advisor and champion role for impactful change. And in your view, what kind of impactful change can payroll management teams bring to companies? Yeah, well, look, I think what we have to think about it, let me give you an analogy I like to use. If you've ever bought a race car, let's say you have the best race car in the world. You've even got the best talent. You've got the best driver. You've engineered the best engine. You've got all of the best stuff, right? And you're ready to race, but it's sitting on bad tires. It's not going to handle. It's not going to pivot and it's not going to compete. That's payroll. If you don't have good tires, if you don't have payroll, you're not going to pivot and handle, right? So what I think you've got to see is payroll become that strategic value outlet, that center of expertise that can bring their compliance, bring their insights, and come to the business with a point of view, right? And help leverage that data to improve processes, to help with strategic initiatives like org redesigns or mergers or country expansion, as we've mentioned, or even just working with HR to connect their data together and understand what that data is saying in context with the business data and operational data. There's so much that can be done with pay equity. There's so much that can be done around how much the actual cost I used to do a lot of that work as a payroll practitioner, really helping the business understand their actual real costs for payroll, because what's in comp sometimes doesn't actually get paid, right? It can sometimes be we budgeted X, but hey, we're running hard on overtime or bonuses or things we're going over or under. Why are we under budget in some areas? So there are a lot of insights that payroll can lend its data to and help the organization move the ball forward on process improvement, move the ball forward on strategy, move the ball forward on HR initiatives. And I think fundamentally, you've got to have an attitude towards payroll that they are an advisor and not this simple processor that you can just yell at for a report and that's it, right? And they're just going to cut a check and, and that's all they do is print checks. It can't be that, right? It has to be a value outlet and it has to be looked to as an organization that can help you lend expertise to your decision making. Value outlet or exchange of value. Yeah, super important. So Sarah, are you seeing any trends emerge that are impacting payroll management? You previously referenced global mobility, right? And I understand that in a lot of Belgian-based companies, they allow, of course, to work from home. They enable employees to work from home. Some of these workers actually live across the border in the Netherlands, right? So an employee works in the office in Belgium, maybe a couple days a week, but then spends the other two days in their home office in the Netherlands. How does that affect payroll? That's got to get complicated. Indeed, it does have a big impact. Maybe just some background information on this. So social security cannot be divided. You always pay it in one country, usually the country where you live and where you work for over 25% of your time. Taxes, however, they can be split. So generally speaking, you have to keep in mind that you pay taxes in the country or countries that you work. So if you work in two countries because you live in one and the office is in the other, You'll have to pay taxes in both of those countries, which means that a split payroll is necessary. And that's something that a lot of companies didn't think through or were unaware of. And these things came up after the pandemic. So this has impact for the payroll department. In this case that we're discussing where one person is living in the Netherlands, working in Belgium and the Netherlands, the payroll department will have to do two payrolls for one person, one Dutch payroll for paying social security and part of the taxes, but also Belgian payroll for the Belgian taxes for the time that this person is working from Belgium. So these are things that during the pandemic, the rules were less strict because a lot of people were forced to work from home and governments were like, okay, we'll just see how it goes. We will not 
bother companies with it at this time. But we saw that a lot of people just stayed working like that as if it was still the pandemic and going to the office one or two days a week, but working from home, maybe in a different country for the rest of the time. So a lot of companies were taken by surprise and are now looking for solutions. And it's important because we noticed that now the rules have changed again. Legislation is different. We see that the authorities really reach out to these employees asking why they haven't paid taxes in a certain countries. So it really can impact your employee as well, which leads back again to payroll being very important for the employee happiness. I would not be happy if I got a letter from the authorities asking why I haven't paid taxes when I thought that everything was going smoothly. So it's really important in this fictive case that they have a split payroll for this person. And it's something that we come across quite often, seeing as Belgium is just so small. We are close to all borders here. so. <laughs> and anybody who lives 27 countries in the EU who lives on your people who live on borders, I imagine it happens that people will cross the border to work. And yeah, that throws in another level of complexity. So what advice can you offer to companies looking to understand how to set up the necessary systems and infrastructure, which can be very time and cost consuming? Well, I think that there are a lot of options, right? I mean, I think you're seeing organizations increasingly looking to the marketplace, right? They're coming to managed service providers, they're coming to employer of record solutions, and they're looking for that innovation that they can't necessarily put together. Cloud technology, artificial intelligence, APIs, having those integrations that can move, that's the arteries of global payroll. Moving that rich, rich data across the landscape is only possible by modern interfaces and integrations. Not only do you have the technology piece of this, you have the moving target, the by the day moving target, which is compounded and more complex by the number of countries and states and localities that you get in, where compliance is an absolute nightmare, right? It became incredibly apparent during COVID, but now I think you're seeing it intensify. We're seeing a lot of focus on the employment, on the employee. What are you talking about? We love compliance. Yeah, you have to, right? You, you have to, but we mentioned it earlier. If you don't do it, you can create a lot of real problems. And it's not just losing your employees. You can have government agencies knocking on your door, right? I think organizations realize they need that, you know, being able to step into that turnkey model that's going to keep them future-proof, keep them innovative and ready for the future with those modern capabilities, and not just the modern capabilities of technology and not just the compliance element of this guidance, but also just the best practice and leading practice design and the people to actually know how to execute that. So I think what I'm seeing is more organizations are looking outward and saying, how do we get some help? How do we complement what we already are good at and maybe what our investments are? And how do we make fortify our payroll operating model such that it is ready for the future and it can be agile and nimble for the business and bring back that value, that strategic value that they need? Yeah. And you, you bring in you know an important point here and a segue to the next question, and that's government regulations, right? Which are a key factor when it comes to managing payroll. So depending on the country where your international employees operate, the regulations in place will vary. I mean, in the U.S. alone, it's like 50 different tax and compliance states. It's like 50 countries in one. So how to compliantly make payments into a local bank accounts? There's a plethora of things to have to take into consideration. Sarah, let's get a little hypothetical. If I had a business and I wanted to take it into the Benelux region, right, in Europe, so Benelux is made up of three different countries, Belgium, Luxembourg, and Netherlands, and there are cultural differences. What are some of the main regulations in Benelux that I would have to be aware of when it comes to payroll? So basically, payroll is the same across all countries. You pay net salary to your employees, you pay social security, and you pay taxes to the authorities. However, as we all know, 
like you said, for the US, there's 50 different regulations because of the 50 different states. Same applies a bit in Europe as well. We have all those different countries that have specific points of attention. And every set of rules is different when it comes to dealing with long-term illnesses, for example. But there's also big differences when it comes to employee benefits. Like Belgium, for example, we have a crazy amount of employee benefits that we don't see anywhere else. So it's really very specifically different from country to country. And when you engage people globally around the world in different countries, I really would strongly advise to reach out to a provider that can help you with that, to advise you on that, because it's impossible to have all that knowledge just in-house. It's it's not possible. And Sarah, then there's the cultural aspect as well, right? They're all in the same area and there's similarities, sure, but there are cultural differences and local customs that can influence international payroll management. So how can companies navigate those differences if necessary? Yeah, again, having a good partner here is very important because they usually have the knowledge or people at least living there who know what it looks like to be an employee in those countries. Belgium, for example, it's a very small but complex country. We'll not get into politics, but it also reflects in the payroll. It's not an exception. We have big differences, for example, between blue-collar workers and white-collar workers. There's certain things that are really paid in a very different way if you are either one or the other. And there's a lot of employee benefits that are just, you need to have them. It's an employee perk, it's an employee benefit. But as an employer, if you do not have those for your employees, again, you already lost even before you you continue with them. So meal vouchers is one of those things that we see in Belgium that everyone just sees as a must-have, as something very normal, which is something that we don't see in other countries. Like the Netherlands, for example, is the only one in this bunch that has loan heffing, which is both taxes and social security all in one. And then they make sure if you pay that, the authorities make sure that everything goes to the right department. You don't have to worry about those things. In Luxembourg, of course, taxes are most interesting out of these three countries. Luxembourg is tax-wise the most interesting one. But it's also important to note that it's mandatory for you to track your working hours and have a time and attendance system. So it's really different in these three countries that are all so small. The differences are really very important. Yeah, wow. Okay. So again, don't go it alone. Have a trusted partner, right? So Pete, as companies continue to take the global growth route, How can they prioritize payroll management to attract and retain top talent from a strategic point of view? Well, there you go, right? I mean, I think that's the key word, prioritize, right? Payroll hasn't been prioritized historically in most organizations. I would even go as far as to say, you know, I've been really calling this out over the last year more than ever. We have to break this attitude of payroll being less than in the spectrum of HR. So the reality of it is, is it's time for us to start looking at payroll as a strategic value outlet start investing in payroll, not just dollars, but executives need to be invested from a cultural perspective. They need to champion its success. They need to understand that it's an organizational agility enabler, right? The ability to tap that rich data that payroll has that most organizations fail to do. Just think about how good that data is. In most organizations, right, the biggest cost in their company is labor and payroll. Who do you call when you have a change in your life? You call payroll first, right? That's generally spearhead, right? They have the best data and yet organizations go and are unable to get into it because integrations, lack of a common cloud platform, lack of the ability to access that data on demand. And when you don't have that data and your peers do, and you don't have that in context with other HR and operational and business data, how do you see around the next corner, right? It's pivot or perish now. If you don't stay ahead of the next thing, your competitor is 
and is able to compete for talent and is able to predict and inform the business on what to do and does have that agile base of payroll underneath a great infrastructure of HR strategy and investment, you're fundamentally not going to compete in the way that your peers are. And so I think what you're going to have to see is a very much what I call a bottoms up, top down approach in that we need senior leadership looking at payroll as a strategic value enabler, having a cultural attitude that payroll is a priority in the HR strategy and payroll has to start walking the walk, right? They have to start carrying themselves as a center of expertise and stop carrying themselves as a simple processor that's in the back office costing money. So it can't be less than anymore. It just can't be. Payroll should be part of the conversation basically before they make a move and not someone who is looped in after the decisions have been made already. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of ironic in a way because the whole raison d'etre, reason of being, is for financial advancement for the employee and financial advancement for the employer. So to not give it a seat at the table and to give it the priority that it deserves is kind of strange because that's why everyone's there, right? I can't tell you how many organizations I've worked in where when payroll starts to be brought up, HR shoves their fingers in their ears. They don't want to, ah, payroll, ew, you know, and maybe if you tried to understand it, you could see the value in it. So you've got to get out of that habit. It's no more looking at it as just a process or just checks being printed. If you're looking at it that way, you're falling behind. Payroll is being seen as just something that you push one button, everything rolls out, people are paid, and that's that. It's just a huge cost center, like mindset. I don't believe that, but that's what a lot of companies feel like payroll is, should be treated while it's really very important base of everything. With the organizations that you work with, I know you guys at SD Worksworth with a very diverse set. I mean, do you see the attitude beginning to change and executives saying, hey, we want to prioritize this as part of our... Yeah, it's making a shift. And especially I myself, I focus on the SME market. So I do see a bit of a shift, whereas within a lot of SME companies, payroll used to be shoved with finance. Whereas now they see like, hmm, it's really an expertise. It's a field of expertise. And we really cannot expect someone with a finance background to actually do these payrolls. So we really see a shift in that. They really look for someone who can dedicatedly do those payrolls. So yeah, in that case, indeed, and with bigger companies, we see that payroll is really the base of their HR organization. So we do see the shift coming. Absolutely. Yeah. The good news is I think the smaller firms, at least I'm seeing in most everywhere I'm researching and working, the smaller firms are really looking to mature away from that purely transactional HR to a more strategic HR. And you're right, they're looking at payroll in context to all of that great HCM stuff they should be doing and maturing themselves in line with their upmarket peers. Because if they don't, how are they going to compete for that talent too? And they don't want to be left out, right? They can't get to be a big company if they can't get the right people and execute. And you know, as an employer of record, our CEO said this ever since I started with the company five years ago, one of her main priorities is paying the professionals on time, accurately, and it is, you know, she adheres to that as one of her most important values. All of that, it builds around that trust and the transparency, right? Employees expect you to be transparent. If they can't understand their pay, that's going to break down that trust. It's got to be transparent and you've got to be able to give it to them in the mode they want it, right? They want it on demand or they want it in this way or that, you know, mobile or on desktop. They need to be able to do that. And it shouldn't be a puzzle, right? And it should be very clear and they should be able to get help. So big key part of the trust factor. Absolutely. And no surprises like, oh, you forgot to pay taxes in one country. I mean, that's an unpleasant surprise for anyone. So yeah, absolutely. Transparency is key. Sarah, we hear the term mobility more and more these days. And I think we assume everybody knows what it means. But mobility isn't just about remote work or being a digital nomad, is it? Could you help us understand what mobility really means in a payroll sense? Yeah, it's absolutely more than that. The example that we just touched upon, people 
working in one country, living in another country, that's also part of being mobile or mobility within the workforce. So it's not just people being in one place. It could also be your sales rep that's responsible for multiple countries who's visiting customers from country to country on a monthly level. It's not just the digital nomad being in one country at one time. And we also see a new trend in Belgium, for example. We also have workations now where we can work from a different country just for a very limited time in the year. I think it's a few weeks in a year that we can go work somewhere else. And then we will just still be on a Belgian payroll, but we can just work from Spain for a few weeks if you want to. So it's more than just being a digital nomad. Okay, interesting. Pete, any thoughts on that? Those are great examples, right? I mean, you know, crossing over state lines and things for work. But I think what I'm seeing a little bit of is the internal mobility topic coming up where folks are getting promoted or maybe there's new role opportunities or maybe there is an opportunity for advancement to retain the employee, to bring them, and maybe they need them to go open a country or move to a different state or temporarily work. So I think mobility has taken on a lot of different looks within different organizations, but I think it's both uh, global and internal mobility that is triggering, as I say, impacts to payroll in every way. So always a lot an organization needs to think about as they're moving people around. Absolutely. And like we said before, it also comes back to the employee experience, having people being happy and stay within your company. And if you allow them to move around to different positions, learn new skills, use those skills, it will really help to retain those people and you are more likely to win the war on talent. Yeah. And I think there also, it goes the other way with repatriation, right? Expats who've been living multiple years in another country and say, hey, listen, now I want to go home and work from home. I can do my job remotely. I think that's all part of the mobility that we're seeing in today's world. Okay, last question. Paint us a picture of what a successful company that understands payroll and compensation will be doing in the next five years to make payroll a true advantage and real driver of growth. Pete, Sarah, I'll throw it out to both of you. Yeah, so I mean, maybe it sort of summarizes what we've talked about. I've mentioned a few along the way, but I think first and foremost, it starts with an attitude towards payroll as it being important, right? It needs that, as we mentioned, prioritization within the broader HR strategy, that baseline. You've got to elevate the attitude towards the profession away from simple processor and move it from that stigma over to that strategic advisor. And payroll has to do their part. They can't just sort of wait for that to come to them. They need to bring it to the business, right? And say, look, this is our point of view. Here's our data. Let us show you how we can be impactful. And then it takes investing. This is something I talk about a lot. I've done this on my own podcast where we talk about executives investing and then being invested. It's one thing to write a check. It's another thing to care. It's another thing to lead from the front and say, this is how payroll is going to be viewed in our organization and we're going to prioritize it. That takes top-down attitude and walking the talk. I think you also have to obviously have a foundation of a modern operating model. And that's not just tech, that's people, that's expertise. Maybe that's support, right? From a solutions, very agile, modern solutions like the employer of record solution or as and when maybe managed services make sense in order to get some of that help and supplement your strengths. And then I think, again, you've got to make payroll part of the broader HCM strategy and you've got to tap its synergies across towers of HR to help the business be tapped into that organizational agility that is fundamentally the richest asset and outcome that payroll can provide to the business is insights and data compliance, and of course, employee experience will happen if you have all of these things and you do your job. But fundamentally, what the business really ought to be looking for is organizational agility enablement. And that's where payroll's data and capabilities come into play. 
And as you said, Pete, it's very important that companies acknowledge that payroll is not just a cost center printing checks or just calculating with a push on a button, really just use the insights and the information that they have to really draw out the lines of what the future of the company might be. Just use the information that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what a great way to wrap up today's show. Thank you both. Huge, huge thanks for sharing your expert insights and guidance on the current and future state of payroll, helping companies prepare for upcoming payroll trends and beyond. And thank you to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a review and help us reach new listeners. And of course, follow us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you prepare to watch, please visit us at g-p.com slash podcasts. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.